Hi, Chris. <laughs> Hi, Christina. How's it going? I am well. Good to be with you again. Yes, great to be with you. And I want to jump right in because I, I, you told me that today you kind of channeled a topic that's actually very close to me at the moment, which obviously it is for you, which is meditation. I'm excited about that and, and we'll dive in. But the first thing I wanted to cover with you prior to meditation is um, you know, last night I shared with you that I was having these persistent um, visions right, or dreams over the last week. And I won't, and I don't necessarily remember them until later in the day. And then it's like, oh, right, that happened. So um, I, and then I, I, I sent you a text message last night asking that. And then your response was like four screens long. So if you don't mind, I'd love to just, you know, talk through a little bit how your week has been and what's been persistent um, notion for you over the past week. That's very interesting that you bring that up. Um, well, just to, you know, just lay it out on the table. I've started to, uh, I started a program with a private mentor to, um, I don't want to say develop my psychic mediumship gifts um, and all that involves, but because it's already there very, very much. And it has been for a very long time, but um, it's like starting to organize the hoarding. <laughs> <laughs> the, the hoarding that all these messages are symbols, signs, everything, just to start to organize it and then produce myself as a better channel so that I can help um, in a, a larger capacity and um, move, move myself forward and move people forward. So that's what I'm doing. But back in March, I had a reading with the psychic medium who's now my mentor. And she said, you really need to document your journey of when you kind of like your awakening that's happening right now. And uh, so it's great that you bring that up because I haven't really done it. And it's week one. So you messaged me about some dreams. I uh, messaged you back like, oh, my gosh, you have no idea what's happening. So I had uh, my first session with my mentor on Tuesday and she gave me a lot of homework. So I started right in on the homework and immediately just as I'm driving, just boom, numbers, colors, everything. And I know these are messages because I already have an like some strong associations with numbers, but I mean, just everything. And I'm just like, what, what? And I'm driving, right? I'm driving, mind you. And this is happening. And I'm, I'm like, I don't want to wreck. I don't need to focus. But it was just like, boom, 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 boom. And one of my uh, homework assignments is that I have to keep a journal and then a separate signs and symbols catalog so that I can start to understand like what this means when it comes up and everything. And so when I did get to a, a part of the street where I could pull over, I pulled over and started just jotting down everything I saw that I could remember. And then she wanted me to do the uh, messages attached. I couldn't even, um, think of what the messages were because it was just, it was like it chunked up the straw so bad <laughs> that I couldn't get the, the milkshake out of it, you know? And, and it's, it, it's been every day that's, that started then. And I'm like, okay. And then I started getting some headaches and I'm not a person who gets a lot of headaches. I get a headache once every two months, maybe, uh, if, you know, if not that. 
So um, I've had headaches and then Thursday night to Friday morning, I had a sleepless night, but it was different than a sleepless night. I wanted to run through the streets like, wow, I had so much electricity. It wasn't even energy. It was just like static or something. I don't know what it was. And then, um, so Friday was rough because I had to go um, to my teaching position and um, it was only half a day, but it was rough because I didn't allow myself time to get coffee because I just kind of dragged through the morning. And it was, um, I had already put in on Thursday night a message to my mentor, like what the heck? No, it was Friday, Friday. Uh, I put a mes message in and I was like, this is happening. What's the first step to figure this out? And um, she hadn't responded yet. So I went through my day and I didn't feel tired. I just felt off. And then I was a little nervous because I had a coaching client coming up um, mm -hmm. on Friday night. Mm -hmm. And she, she and I have been working together for a little while now. And so she knows me and everything. <laughs> so I was, I was like, okay, full disclosure, this is happening. I don't know what's going to happen. And you know, I just want to make sure that, you know, if something strange happens or I'm not on it tonight, you know, I will refund your money, whatever we need to do to make you feel better. We'll do that. And she was like, Oh, you know, it's fine. That's fine. So it's kind of a safe space, right? She's really sweet. Um, and boom, the coaching session of my life happened and it was different. It was uh, insane. And it was so clear and the, I, and it's her messages, so I can't really speak about them and I don't like to carry them around anyway, but the clarity of what came through and the specific things, and it wasn't just dead people. It wasn't dead people at all. It was like just her own signs and symbols. And I just knew what they all meant. And she was so impressed that she actually tipped me $50 afterwards. I don't get tips. I'm a coach, <laughs> but she was that like, oh my gosh. And you know, before I thought it was a pretty good coach. And then now this stuff's happening. It's like, I guess, wow, this is, this is the way forward. And then I had the best sleep of my life after that. Cause I think it was like, I relieved the pressure and you finally got some of that milkshake. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That milkshake came right in and it leaves, relieved some of the pressure and I slept. And then yesterday I had a very busy day. I kind of like knew that some self like meditative care as comes into our topic was needed. I knew that things were starting to come in again and my mentor had responded. And uh, I mean, I'll, I'll say what she said in just a minute, but no surprises there. But, and then I had a weird sleep last night. So I had like maybe three or four hours of sleep and it was that energy again, where I was just like wanting to electrify the streets of Long Beach, California. <laughs> Naked. No, not naked. Who does me here? So that was a long winded answer to your question, but yes, that is what is happening to me. And I do have some commitments today to others, not intuitively intuitive related directly. You know, I don't have any coaching clients today, but I, I can tell that today I'm going through some boot camp, some spiritual boot camp. That was kind of long overdue. That'll relieve the pressure and help the milkshake come up the straw again. <laughs> so great. yeah, Chris. That's great. So question for you, and yeah. this is um, 
for the broader audience is when, so there's the newness, right? Or this like, it's like this up leveling that, that has happened for you where all of a sudden all these signs and wonders were just, you know, like coming at you. And so part of it's like, wow, look at all these great toys I can play with. And then the other part is overwhelming. So how are you developing authority over when it's appropriate to receive um, so that you're not always on? Because there's the human side of this as well. That's a good question because that's the problem. <laughs> Therein lies the problem. It's she, that's what my mentor told me was like that, um, which is weird. I mean, that you're getting this information, I mean, I guess logical, but my mentor told me that it's like, I've got the vacancy light on and the antenna is up. So it's like, I'm, and everyone's just like, boom, 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 everything, whatever it is. I don't even know what it is yet, but she did tell me that I did have to turn it on and off and be very clear about like my working hours mm -hmm. like when i'm able to receive and i thought i turned it off last night but i still i still had a bad sleep <laughs> and i was like why do, I, why do i have so much electricity in me but i, I again i think it's self-care and i think it's spiritual work and spiritual downloads that are backed up for my own personal development I, at this point I, I think i figured that out so yeah. Now, question for you, Chris. Mm. You were provoked to suddenly ask me in relation to some dreams that you've been having. Do you think that there's a relationship? Because we are in a professional relationship. Do you think there was a cor correlation between what was happening in your dreams or just the fact that you were dreaming and it was very, you know, profound for you and what I've been going through? Um, I think there's the, I can't think of a better word for this. Um, this just, and so mind you, the date today um, is, what is today? 30th because of August, 2020. 2020. Right, so we're like post COVID second increase, um, elections coming up, um, BLM is a significant, significant issue fires, earthquakes, there's, there's all of this, right? And so there's this rapid um, transformation that's taking place. And then there's just a lot of like energetic work that's going on. So I think there's a correlation between all of us um, being in this position where we're receiving or it's feeling unsteady. And I know that, you know, Meredith is very much feeling the same way. Um, there's this unsteadiness um, and this lack of certainty. And, and this is, going back to what what is coronavirus or COVID present to us by way of being more of a divine teacher than a virus itself. So I think there's this shared experience that we have where there's, it's as if there's this, this jelly in a Petri dish that we get to play with. And that's the shared experience that we have. And I'm glad that we have each other to be able to bounce these things off of. Right. But I know there are just people that I just, you know, feel connected with, like at a, it, like where it's really just a tight, clear pipe, if you will. Um, and you were one of them. So it does not or would not surprise me if 
you know, if I'm getting something that you're, that you're noodling on and we're working on something not here and here, but up here together, right? So you know, that sounds a little esoteric, but there's the, the corporal relationship that we have and then the energetic relationship that we would have, mm -hmm. well, right? So I'm sure that while we are having this conversation, our higher selves are just up there smiling and giggling and, and noodling on a whole bunch of other bigger, broader issues. Uh, <laughs> they are, I can tell. <laughs> they are. Uh, it's happening. Uh, but yeah, no, I think you're right. Um, you know, my mentor also mentioned to me, she was like, by November, you're going to be doing readings, which I do coaching now, which is quite intuitive. And I get a lot of information, but that's the psychic in me versus the medium in me. And I think that my weakness is mediumship, even though I really have it and I've had it come up all the time. And she said by November, it, she said something about November. Oh, I wish I remember what it was, but she said in November, there's going to be like a big shift for all of us. You, me, everybody. So November is like the big time. Election time. <laughs> mm -hmm. Which every day, every day is a big time. Um, I started listening to Shara Margolis, I think her name is. Mm -hmm. She's a psychic medium, which is interesting that, I started her book before I started with my mentor because she's a psychic medium and she, all she does is mediumship uh, for the most part. So pause. Can you put a pin in that really quick? Um, what's the difference between a psychic and a medium? Good question. Um, a psychic can be a me. Wait, this is how my mentor told me <laughs> a medium is psychic, but a psychic is not always a medium. Uh, psychic is someone, I don't want to use the word predictions, but it's like intuitive, can kind of tap into other forms of information and other areas that maybe is not so apparent in, in a book that's laying in front of you. Yeah, just the general intuition. And many, most people are psychic in some capacity, you know, and I always say it's like kind of like a, a marathon runner, right? Some people are born to run and then everybody technically can run in some capacity, but are they equipped to run a marathon? No. Well, you need training. First of all, any marathon runner is going to train. And then, but some people are just built for running better, right? So, but everyone's psychic. It's the same thing and you can develop it. And, you know, I do think that I was a marathon runner in the psychic world. <laughs> I've always been intuitive. That's for sure about uh, everything. Not like, Oh, how many jelly beans are in the jar? Nothing like that. It's more of like, I will meet a person and I'll be like, I don't like that person. I don't want to be around that person. You know, it's that kind of thing or walking down the street and you're like, don't go down that street. And you just don't go down that street. And that's like medium. A medium is someone who connects to spirits who have passed on. So talking to dead people and dead entities and, you know, previously here on the planet, that's the difference. So when, um, when I was doing a little prep work coming into this morning, Christina, um, what, what came through was meditation, which is not the topic that I had um, in mind coming into today, but that's why we can pivot. Um, and 
I would like to understand your relationship with meditation because I did run across one of your, your TikTok meditations. And I was like, oh, this is just beautiful. It was just nice to sink in and slip into. So I'm going to turn it over to you and just have you start talking through um, how and, and why. I would love to understand um, when you started meditating with intention and then when, when you were younger or like little Christina, you know, when you look back at it now, when were you actually meditating without consciously meditating? Feel free to chime right in because, um, yeah, I hope I don't talk too much, <laughs> but, uh, starting in on what you just said, uh, I, um, I started meditating a long time ago. I was maybe 15 or 16 years old when my mother went to a psychic medium party that she was randomly invited to on a Saturday morning for a Sunday night, for a Saturday night, didn't even know the hairdresser. Hairdresser didn't really know her as like more than just like a, an acquaintance at that time goes there. The psychic medium starts talking about her dead brother, David. How would you know that this is before Google? This is in the early nineties. And after that, like it blew me away. I wanted a reading right away, but I was too young, you know, 18, but that started everything. Like, and then I found, um, I think when I was 18 or 19, first of all, I went right away. Everybody gets like a tattoo or cigarettes when they turn 18. I went to a psychic (laughs) reading because it was like, finally. Uh, (laughs) So I, I started buying Sylvia Brown's books. I think I've mentioned her before. Mm -hmm. Sylvia Brown, she was like a very like gruff speaking psychic medium that she was on Montel all the time. She had like this uh, brassy golden hair. It was like kind of orange almost. And it was like, it framed her face. She wrote a lot of books. And I remember doing my first meditation uh, through a CD that was in one of the books. And I still do that meditation. It just really stuck with me and it gave me so much. And I remember after that, I just got, uh, I just felt elevated. <laughs> I didn't really have any words to describe it. I, maybe I still don't, but I, I felt elevated and it changed my life. And then I just started meditating all the time. I'm in, I'm a university student at this point. And then I bought her past life regression book and that blew me away. And I still lead people through past life regressions, not within my coaching sessions at the moment, but, and I don't want to say it as a hobby, but as in when I feel like people should go back for fun or for a, for a little bit of answers, I want them to experience that because anybody can. I don't, I can see past lives. I, I do it all the time, but it's another thing to lead someone through the experience of one of their past lives. And you can go through any past life you want. Your hardest one, which is the first one I ever did. You can go through your easiest one, your most fun, um, one where you learn the most, one where you're the most spiritual, et cetera, et cetera. See, it's, it's just exciting me as I'm talking and it's just so amazing. And Chris, I have to do one with you where we Zoom call and you go into it and do and do one because, I mean, you have that ability already, but I, I don't know. I feel like I want to lead you through the experience. 
Yeah, that'd be fun. I would love to do that. And what's interesting is how um, you're as passionate about that as I am about the space in between. Okay. Give, give it to me, buddy. So the space in between being, why did we choose that particular expression and what were the goals going into it? And, um, and it could all be fantastical storytelling, right? And that's, and that's fine too. So when I've led people on this in-between lives journey, yeah. it's, it's, it's storytelling. And so sometimes people are challenged or I'm challenged and like, is, what am I receiving? Is this, is this right? Am I doing this the right way? And like, just tell me a story, right? Just, let's just start there. And then just starting to allow that to come through. And it's one thing, and I'm not trying to minimize past life regression at all. And it's very powerful. So that's, that is an experience for sure. It's another experience almost entirely to go to the space in between where it's my belief that we have um, some agency in, in, in selecting to be Chris McCann with these parents. And, and this is your choose your own adventure book. Now go have fun. And, and it's like, what am I working on? What, um, what commitments did I make? right? Um, to be able to, to be of service and to, to work with other people that are here. And, um, and then what am I going to receive? And these little connections is, is um, just an amazing experience. Um, so likewise, um, I'll do that with you. And maybe, actually, maybe we could record it. And just do that. Because you do um, respond out loud. Right. So then yeah, it's, it's good to record anyway so that you have a record of your answers because sometimes you don't remember. Right. Okay. So that's a date. So that'll be a, a podcast coming soon is one, you doing a past life regression on me. And then I would do a in-between lives regression with you. That would be awesome because I'm, you've really sparked my curiosity. So you're in-between lives. So you're talking about between when you're incarnate, like you're on the earth, right? That's an example. Yeah. Or wherever okay. you are. Right. Yes. But also consciously here at the moment, right? Yes. Well, I'll share, I'll share a story with you. Okay, good. I want to hear it. The first time that this came into my awareness, I was in my, my tree house in Santa Monica when that was still a thing. Um, <laughs> meditating and I saw this alcove and it was dark and in this alcove was like a sandstone statue um, where in the right hand of the so it had like a, a cardinal's hat and in the right hand it had a, a staff with it like a shepherd's hook and then I was like, yeah, 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 I get it. Like, you know, Christianity, old ways of thinking and operating, crumbling. Yeah, super amazing, whatever. And, and <laughs> so, and then I just, you know, kind of dismissed it. And then this um, statue, as it was crumbling, just receded in back into where it came from. Then huh. enter stage right, this man, he's wearing tan pants and a white shirt and kind of long, long brown hair and, there was, um, well, I'm backing up. So 
after that disappeared, I looked to the right and there was this golden bowl sitting on top of this black table. And it looked like the table was almost watery on, on the top of it. And this golden bowl was just sitting there. And then in comes the gentleman walking from stage, I guess it'd be stage left. And he walks over to the bowl and grabs whatever's in there and starts eating it and is kind of like super casual and like, and I was like, why is he eating himself? <laughs> so I made this like immediate connection to, to Jesus. And, and he looks at me, he's like, well, come on. He's like, come with me. And I was like, all right. So we walked into this um, space beyond the bowl and kind of like through the alcove and into what looked like this um, this communication center. And, <laughs> and in this communication center, there were screens everywhere. Have you seen the show Westworld? No. Okay. So in the show Westworld, it's like an air traffic control, at least the first couple of seasons where they have like this, um, this hologram instance of the park and you can monitor, you can see people's activity that are on that are like on the board or where there's flare-ups and stuff like that. Um, so it was kind of like that, but on on the sides there were these huge like television screens. And <laughs> so on these huge television screens there were just like movies, and it was um, it was not three dimensional. It was as if and maybe um, with your your guys they had these like play school mats where you would be able to like draw, like drive little cars around on them and, uh, and stuff like that. So they would have these um, like little, where you could like drive little play school cars and it was like this diorama sort of. And then I was, I'd see like some of them were really busy and they had, it was like urban settings and somewhere out in the country. And he looked at me and he's like, well, he's like, where do you want to go? He's like, there's no shortage of places to help. And at that point I just freaked out and came out of my meditation. Right. It's like, <laughs> I was like, what just happened? Um, what's cool is that I can get back there. Right. And so there's this real relationship with that. And, and now I have an understanding of it's like, okay, so you, you've self-selected like these are, it's like a video game and that's just like, okay, I'm going to choose stamina, strength, right? And you like, and you have this like continuum where you can like move different traits around. And um, that was the first time I had experienced um, the possibility of being able to select where I wanted to go and how I wanted to help and what I wanted to learn. So was this an experience that explains how you chose to be Chris? Or an experience that you're living right now where it's like, oh, if I want to choose um, power and strength, I can do it right now. Interesting that you asked that. So the, the first revelation was um, this is how and why you chose to be Chris. And this is the, this is the experience. So like I'm, I'm your guy, right? We're doing this together. And it wasn't like, oh my gosh, this is Jesus or anything like that. And it, it was like maybe like a notion of that Christ-like figure, but it was more like peer level. And like, I just, like, I just um, went back just to go get like a tune-up or something and was coming back or just to see the experience. Um, I do think 
right, also that there's still the ability to go back and download other traits or skills, mm -hmm. right? There's the, I don't know if I shared this with you before, but there was, um, I was reading this thing with Robert Peng and Robert Peng is a, a Qigong uh, instructor, teacher, master. And, and he went into this cave or somewhere like his master, like put him in this room for 40 days and you know, like, he didn't eat, all he had was water. I'm like, wow, I'd love to, like what a neat experience to have to go through that sort of deprivation. And, and I was like, well, I don't really have to go do that. Why can't I just download an experience where I did something like that before? <laughs> so it's like you get the benefits of like these other experiences that you may have had, even if you're just imagining it. Uh, and then taking the downloads and the learnings and then just bringing them into your, um, your toolkit today. Well, very related to past life regression because I've gone into past lives where I was um, extremely spiritual as monk or whatever. And it helped me recall those things that have already occurred and that I can access that information about myself and then about the subject matter a little bit better so that my human experience now can be um, embellished with what I've already gone through. So yeah, that really resonates with me. I'm glad you said that because I'm totally going to do work on that because <laughs> now I'm like intrigued I'm going in with a mission. I want to see my room. Um, I think I have a version of that, like a version of your, of that room. Um, but yours is very like, beep, 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 you know, like TVs and uh, mine is, uh, I don't know. I don't think it's a room. I think it's like a lakeside area. <laughs> so it's, it's a different thing. Further go off of that. What about you? Because you asked me when I first started meditating. What, what about you? I worked for a gentleman um, in my last job, which was with a, um, a German software company. And it was pre, pre-series A. So it was a startup and new in the U.S., established in Germany. And I have ADHD. I don't take anything for it. Um, I just, I, I, um, I work through it. And, and I have a better understanding now of how and where that shows up and where it can be debilitating or where it has been debilitating and then how to use that as a, a strength in other situations. So just having an awareness around it. But I tend to move really fast and you know, a lot of energy, right? So, uh, and then doing things now, because I know that if I don't do them now, or at least I feel like if I don't say what's on my mind, like I'm gonna forget it, or if I don't do something now, I'm gonna forget to do it. And he called me one day and he's like, Chris, you got to slow the fuck down. He's like, you are making mistakes. I love you. He's like, but this is killing you. And he's like, you just need to, he's like, I don't know what you need to do. Do you need to like start like meditating? And, and I've been trying to meditate. So there's the, the headspace app. I tried that. I tried, um, um, Muse, the the band that goes on and you hear little birds when you're in your you know alpha waves are in a certain state. 
uh, in beta waves, it's kind of a cool tool, but then I would find myself focusing on the birds, like why might I get enough bird chirping? I mean, it was just an interesting rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, so I had to find something, like sitting out in the backyard and meditating for longer than two or three minutes was so painful. Like, I wasn't sure what I was supposed to be, like why can I, why do, I, why do thoughts keep coming in? Right, like, I mean, I just need to be able to stop thinking. <laughs> and I don't know how I even came onto this. I was like, oh, try um, transcendental meditation. Like, oh. It wasn't even a recommendation. It was like, try, and, then, and for me then, it was like, oh my God, the Maharishi and the Beatles. And I was like, I, like, I, don't, I don't feel like joining a cult, thanks. But I walked into the, the Santa Monica um, facility and did one of the like the about TM sort of things. And I was like, oh, this might work. So the, 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 the concept or the operating theory is that you don't control your thoughts, right? They just, you're given a mantra or a word and then you just keep saying the word over and over again. You don't have to worry about your breath. You don't have to worry about thoughts coming in. Just come back to the mantra and just start noodling through things. And I'm oversimplifying, but with the, the idea of being able to kind of get beneath the waves and, and start noticing. And that to me made the most sense. And it's like, oh, I don't have to control my thoughts. I can just sit for 20 minutes and, and just come back to the mantra. And that for me was liberating. And that turned on everything, uh, even the work that I'm doing today, because it then started to clear out this, this pipe of you know, information that um, I was able to then begin to start accessing and receiving insights or, or not. And then sometimes just having a difficult time, you know, doing it for 20 minutes. But um, transcendental meditation was my gateway into having a better, um, a better relationship with meditation period. So then, you know, I start playing with it and, and sometimes I'll do meditation where I'll go into the record. Sometimes I'll do meditation with, um, with different frequencies, like if it's 528 or if it's five megahertz or four megahertz or 20, it just depends on like, so I'm just trying all these different sounds and vibrations and playing with those. And what I found when we moved to San Luis Obispo and I lost my, um, my tree house, so that's where I would go, right? So I had this like separate little space where I'd be able to go and I could count on being quiet and left alone for however long I wanted to go up there. Uh, if it's 10 minutes or an hour or two hour or whatever is that last week I'm like, Oh my God, I forgot how to meditate. Like I can't even do this anymore. <laughs> like I would just sit there and it was the most frustrating experience. Like I just couldn't get myself to let go. And it's like, wow. So finally this week um, I've been able to do that. But it's also been in conjunction with me, you know, and, and us just not feeling settled where we are in terms of the actual physical space. Um, but just coming back to this place where, you know, there's, there's nothing to really do. And this is like early pandemic again for me, where there's nothing for you to do. Let's just be. And releasing any sort of control over expectations or outcomes. And for someone that has a lot of anxiety, um, like myself, uh, and this goes back 
like, you know, little little infant Chris of the anxiety and the ADHD and and, and those things. Um, when I, I view anxiety or these challenges that I would have in meditation as trying to be in more than one place at the same time, it's like, oh, why am I trying to be in seven places right now? And then just kind of brings me back to just, okay, mantra or breath or if I'm working with energy and just, you know, and, and just trying to clean out the pipes or if I'm trying to project or whatever the exercise might be for that day. Um, is anxiety is trying to be in more than one place at the same time. And that to me is something I have to remind myself to come back to. Right. You know, you said uh, right before you were like, Oh, we're never going to talk about meditation, but actually you did exactly what you should have done. And here's why, because I think it's so important that you tell about this kind of, a meditative journey that you have been on and the struggle and, and the discoveries and things like that, because I think that this resonates with a lot of people. Uh, meditation is easy for some, but hard for others. And I think that there are so many people being called to meditate and they don't really know how. And just for you to say that you struggled with attention and you know, finding the right way. It's, it's the same thing that everyone is, you know, many people are experiencing right now. And I started a meditation group for that reason. Exactly. Anybody for people like you, people like others that don't really know how to meditate. And most importantly, don't take the time for themselves because meditation is the ultimate act of self-care. It is very, very, um, to me, it's crucial and I don't even do it enough and you don't even do it enough. Like we're, you can't have a perfect person who's perfect at it all the time. And so that's, that's something that I really, really think it's important for anyone who's listening. It's like, you don't have to be perfect at it and you can drop it for a while and pick it back up and can't have any guilt around it. You can't be like, Oh, I should have done that. You I can't have any regret. So I started the meditation community because a lot of people don't know how to meditate. And I wanted to create a safe space for people who have are interested, but they don't e we do it through zoom and we don't even have, you don't even have to turn on your camera or microphone. And we I've had people that just kind of ghost in and ghost out. And that's the way I want it. Now there's some people that are very active, and, you know, for the first 10 minutes, we wait for everybody to kind of come in. So we, you know, talk, the people who want to talk, we just, you know, kind of catch up and then we, we go into it. Um, and there are, there are different levels of meditators, but what I've, what I have noticed about the people who come to the group in general, everyone is insecure about their meditation level no matter how much experience. I have like a seasoned vet meditative woman who still is like, well, you know, I'm not sure. And so I, I like to, I channel the meditation. So I take them on some journeys, but also I am just my own intuitive power. I, I magnify others and that helps for them to keep their concentration a little bit longer. 
So my meditations that I lead them through are 15, 20 minutes. But when they tell me, oh, I tried meditating through the week because I always like, okay, you know, I'm always like, guys, um, try to meditate at least once a week, once after this. And then, you know, if you come back next week, that's, that's twice that you've done it in one week, right? And they come back and they're like, you know, I just find when I'm alone, it's hard to keep myself in it for longer than five minutes. I'm like, that's okay. Even just stopping. And that's why I did the TikTok video. Even just stopping for a minute, closing your eyes, bring your awareness in. And when you say bring your awareness in, it just means to think about yourself, to, to focus in on yourself, focus in on, um, how would I describe it? I, I sometimes lead people to do it into the heart center, right? Where you're thinking about your heart. Even if you don't know what a heart center is, you, you're thinking about your heart. You're not thinking about the outside world anymore. So um, you experienced transcendental meditation. That's pretty hardcore <laughs> from what I've heard. I've never even done it. Oh. But on the other side of it, it's like some people meditate with breath work. Mm -hmm. Some people do visualization. Some people do, you know, a mantra or a repeated word. Some people just close their eyes and let their mind drift. And all of those things to me are meditations. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, as you're talking, I wrote something down. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, I don't know. So transcendental meditation to me seems so not hardcore. In that, like breath work to me is like work, right? Like if I have to do like that diaphragmatic, like, oh, I just want to get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So I just want to skip the drive and just get to where I want to go uh, and not knock it. It's, uh, and I've done it before. It's beautiful. Doesn't, doesn't your wife Meredith do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yin and yang. <laughs> right. Oh, totally. If I'm the jellyfish, she's the owl. Um, the. <laughs> It was really when I began to be comfortable sitting with myself, right? And before, like say, like before Chris, so like let's say before the age of 35, like sitting with myself and having to sort through my thoughts was scary and debilitating. Like I did not want to sit and have any sort of conversations around um, the type of person I was, how I was showing up in the world because I didn't like it. And if I sat with myself, then nope. Like I'd rather go put that attention somewhere else and then you know, drink a half a bottle of vodka and then wake up and, and do it all over again the next day. Wow. Just to not have to deal with any of that. Um, and what the meditation has op opened up for me is the desire to want to go in and clean up and, and i think maybe i mentioned this last week but just going in and cleaning up and making room for what's next um, is great so even if i'm sitting there for 20 minutes and i'm kind of in and out or i'm not getting anywhere or there's no there there and i don't like kind of like fall into that super uh, alpha wave state that that's still the work, right? You're still, because there's just processing that just needs to happen or thoughts that need to unwind or whatever. But the more, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy in that sense. And that the more willing I am to sit with myself, 
right, without judgment and filled with compassion as much as I can, then the more that the more that opens up. And and that's what meditation has done for me. I could do it in a cab, I could do it on an airplane. Um, it's been great for uh, if I like travel to Europe for work or something where I can um or the Middle East, or I can just like um it helps with jet lag. Like being able to take those little 20 minute power naps, if you will. It's like, oh, that's a reset. Then I can go for a couple more hours. Wow. And and it feels indulgent. Um, I'm not, I don't sit in a lotus position in the back of a cab or in a cafe somewhere in Dubai. Um, it's just closing my eyes and just sitting and just allowing myself to just, and it's, it's almost like a guilty pleasure in that sense because I'm carving out time for not my kids, not my wife, not my team, not my employer, nobody else except for me. And then that's more work and that we deserve that. And uh, there's a whole, there's a lifetime's worth of stuff that you can work through. But the, to answer your question question is, you know, I used to lay, I had such a beautiful childhood. Um, and I was, I had a lot of latitude because my mom was always busy. My dad was sleeping when I was awake and vice versa. So it was just me. Um, and then a little bit later on my brother uh, and my sister was doing her own thing. And, my sister and I get along great, but we were like Irish twins. So there was no real interaction when, uh, when we were growing up and or no real relationship rather. But I would like lay in the front yard and watch clouds go by. Um, or I found a crick behind um, a friend's house, you know, the neighborhood that I grew up in and we just go sit down there and sit and just watch the water go by. And um, I had all these beautiful experiences. Um, church, I grew up Catholic, right? So going to church and then just, you know, like saying like, 5,000 Hail Marys and just where it goes like muscle memory. And then you would kind of get into this like trance like state where everything just flies by. So I, I had all these different um, exposures to different forms of meditation without necessarily understanding that that's what that was. Um, so it was cool how, you know, even coming into this existence and it was like, oh, here, remember this one? Remember this one? So it was like planting all these little um, seeds or putting all these little hooks in me where you know, I then would begin to connect the dots as I got a little bit older, fortunately, um, and being able to understand or at least have the context that this is an awareness that I did bring with me, right? Like I would lay in bed, and this is when, back when we had bookstores, like I would ride my bike to the mall in Jackson, Michigan. I'd go to the bookstore, I'd go to the um, like new age section, I think is what it was called, or no, yes. it was called the occult. It was called the occult section. Oh, you're a, little, you're a little older than me because by the time I got to that section, it was new age. <laughs> I've never seen it as a cult. It was, it was definitely the occult section. And finding books, I'm like, I want to learn how to have out-of-the-body experiences. And I was probably like 13 or 14 or something. Oh, that was way before me. <laughs> like, oh. as in before I was even in that bookstore. Yes. Wow. But how, I mean, this is, there was no cable. Like, how would I even like think to think that, right? And I, I'd go buy books and, and like ESP and like I'd try and predict cards. Like, and I remember trying to do this and I'd be so frustrated. Like I couldn't actually figure out what the other card was um, or trying to have these out of the body experiences. So I was working through like chakras. I was like lighting up the colors without knowing that that's what that was. But I was lighting up these energy centers because I just would like read the book. I'm like, okay, now do this. And I was like, overthinking. 
And, uh, <laughs> and, it's, and it didn't work. Like I didn't, I didn't levitate out of my body and go anywhere. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was a very literal translation, right? Like this is the experience that I was expecting to have. Um, turns out that it's not literally what happens. And I don't know, I'm, I'm very fortunate um, that I, I had the parents that I had because they would just let me go into the basement and just try all these things. <laughs> <laughs> necessarily knowing what I was doing, you know, but come to think of it. And I, and I think I do remember where that came from. Um, this house that we grew up in, well, not grew up in, but it was a house that we had when I was little, like I, I don't, I was in Jackson, Michigan for most of my life. Um, but there was like a, a year or two where I think we were between like Battle Creek where I was born in Kalamazoo as my dad was managing Sharon Williams paint stores uh, before we went back to work uh, at the bakery. And awful, awful nightmares and dreams in this house. Like, I don't remember anything prior to this house, but I certainly remember um, really awful things happening um, in the house that we were in. I would hear voices all the time, like like um, downstairs and like people would come in to my room and just like start talking. And like, they weren't there. And I'd run into my parents' room, like, no, there's nothing there. And I'm like, oh, there sure as shit is. Um, but there was another one where I got physically moved. Like I was actually lifted off of my bed and placed somewhere else in my room. And I'm like, not happening. It's a dream. Not happening. Nope, 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 nope. And then I woke up the next morning in that spot. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, and I was probably like five, maybe like five, six, somewhere, somewhere in there. Trippy. Right. It was not, not pleasant. Um, actually, that's the name of the street that it was on. It was Pleasant Street. Unpleasant, unpleasant experiences on Pleasant Street. Um, and so when Meredith and I were back in Grand Haven, Michigan, visiting my parents, maybe it was last summer or the summer before, and I had done a, um, a workshop in Chicago, you know, like a um, records workshop. And we had like maybe 10 or 12 people sitting there. And my dad was just like, like, how did you, like, what do you, how, how did you even begin to do this? And he's like, when did you know? And I was like, well, so you remember the house we used to live on in Pleasant Street? And he's like, and, and he's like, I told you that there was something wrong with that house. And he's like, that's why I wanted to get out of there. And I was like, ha, so I'm not nuts. But this is not anything that we actually talked about. <laughs> but my dad's mom, as I'm saying this, my dad's mother, would actually, um, she was able to have conversations with certain people in a nonverbal way. So like you would hear like someone saying like, yes, like, yep. And then like nothing would come. So it was like they were having conversations with each other telepathically, but no, like only words would come out sometimes. Hmm. So as I'm saying this, like I totally forgot about that, but there's, there was something there just in the ancestral DNA. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. I didn't have anything traumatic happen to me. That was the, um, the same grandmother that I talked about uh, earlier in our shows that appeared and sat at the end of the bed. Oh. Mm. Mm -hmm. All right, Loretta. So you do have some lineage. Now, I mean, just a little bit about that. I don't know anybody who has that in my family, except I do know my mother also has like an intuitive nature with people. So I do think I got it from her. But before you were talking about the unpleasant, pleasant street, <laughs> 
you were, you were talking about how you can drop into meditation anywhere. And that is my big, one of my big principles of meditation is like, you don't have to have the perfect conditions to do it. And I want people to understand that. That's a big thing. Yeah, meditation is just something I just, I've really become passionate to help and spread to others. So I want you to know that you don't have to be in a quiet room, in a dark room at a certain time of day, you know, with incense and no sounds or anything like that. No, you can do it anywhere. And you're the prime example. And I do the same thing. I think my best meditations are actually in my car. <laughs> And while I'm walking, like exercising, I'll drop in and, and to my other space, oh, wow. no problem, so easily while I'm walking. It happens, yeah, and I, I, I don't want to admit that it happens while I'm driving, but it does, and I do operate the vehicle safely, but I, my, I just have brain explosions at, while I'm driving. It's just amazing. So that's, so you're, wow. So like movement meditation, like and most people would think of yoga, right? Yes. It would be like walking through the woods or gardening or Qigong or just any other. Yeah. Movement. I mean, there's so many, there's like thousands of ways anybody can do a meditation. There are proven ways where you can actually go to the master of that craft, like a transcendental meditation expert or a master in Qigong or anything like that. But then, so, I mean, I'm also exploring those things myself, but I know that just to meditate, you don't have to have any training. You just have to know you can do it anywhere and just sit quietly. That's the minimum. That's all you need. So there's no arriving though, right? Like there's no, and I'm asking, not telling, uh, yeah. where you can just automatically meditate like a Zen Buddhist monk and sit for five hours i i do that do you really oh yeah oh oh yeah there was a period of time and and this is all intuitive like what i need so it's like um an intuitive as needed basis and i feel like i'm about to come up on a kind of period and i feel like today i might do a multi-hour one i and it usually happens on a saturday morning i guess maybe that's my oh that's when I start to do it. I mean, that's when I have time, but that's when I can drop in no problem. And I, and I do prepare um, my area. I do like a certain kind of sound. And actually, usually I get told that I should have like Tibetan monks chanting or the throat singing, you know, or, you know, that really, it, it's that vibration really does something to me. So I know that that's what I need at that time. Uh, but I also, I do have incense and that helps as well for this kind of uh, meditation. And then I'll drop in and I always have a notebook ready. Sometimes I'm writing information that I need to know. It's almost like I'm answering myself, but sometimes I'll just sit there and I will just be deep and nothing will be happening in my brain. And I can sit there and time will pass and I will be there for five hours. And I even get up for bathroom breaks, but I'm still in it. Like, it's not like I'm dropping out or anything. And I've done five, six hour meditations. And, wow. but I, in, when I've done them, the purpose of them 
was very clear to me in its uh, spiritual downloading mm. and um, attunement, like my own kind of thing. And now I'm not aware of any of the energetic information that's happening, but I know it's happening. So I do sit there. Sometimes my like all of a sudden, and it's all like a big process. So sometimes I'm writing something, but usually in those big marathon times where I'm meditating for multiple hours, nothing like I'm not writing or anything. And I will be blank for a while and just in a, in like a, just an energy, like a mode where I'm just present. I'm just there. And then all of a sudden I'll have some burst of like creativity of what I should be doing. And then goes back down to nothing again. I don't have to write them down. I usually recall them and yeah, it's a, it's a weird experience that, I never had to read in a book. I just listened to myself and that's what I know I need. And I think one's coming up today. I don't think it's going to be five hours. I'm feeling like more like one or two. Wow. Yeah. Join us for part two.